What's up? And uh, welcome back to Weird World the Podcast where we talk about weird shit. Unless it's your first time listening. Welcome, listener. Yeah, that too. Uh, today we're doing a weird bit. It's gonna be real short. Uh, <laughs> I'm Emma. I'm Dean. I'm Jack. I'm Carrie. Go ahead. Take it away. <laughs> Go Dean. ahead, Dad. Today <laughs> we're gonna talk, as Emma said fairly briefly, about. A little day in 1961. It was a little day? A little day. A little thing that happened in 1961. It was a crisp and clear Tuesday, actually maybe Monday, January January 23rd, 1961. I had to look it up, and I think I looked up the 24th. So it was Monday. And on this lovely Monday, there was a new president, of course, just by a few days. John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. A new optimism what is sweeping the nation, I imagine. I'm guessing. I wasn't alive. But Same. the specter of war still hung ominously <clears throat> over the <throat> world, as we know. This is in the height of the Cold War. America must be vigilant, as we know, right? So pretty much every day, the Air Force sent up patrols to watch the skies. Every single day, 24-7, there's always planes in the air. And... It was, it was just in case, what if the Soviet Union, the then Soviet Union, bombed us and we were caught unawares? He had some stuff in the air to, to get back at him. So a B-52 Stratofortress bomber. <clears throat> cool wow. name, huh? Is that pretty yeah. good name? Yeah. It is a good name. Yeah, but like, it's used for evil. For what? Evil. Oh, okay. Well, it was a bomber based at the Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in Goldsboro, North Carolina. Seymour Johnson? <laughs> Seymour Johnson, scary as hell. Seymour. Okay, because I like Seymour Johnsons. Anyway. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. So it was on a training mission. It took off in the morning of January 23rd, 1961. Uh-oh. The B-52 is a gigantic plane, right? It's, it has three pilots because it could be in the air for a day. What? With refuel, with aerial re- refueling, so it had three pilots. I, I imagine they were so they could sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, good job, mom. And so you can bomb people <laughs> as long as possible. Wow, Jack's gonna Jack's gonna be Jack's gonna like this one. I think. Nope. <laughs> this, by the way, is in East Central North Carolina. That's where Goldsboro, North Carolina. <clears throat> and for our international listeners, that's on the east coast there of the United States. What? <laughs> Not everybody knows where North Carolina is. The Carrie. southern east coast. Kind of. I don't even know. Almost North really the Mid Atlantic. Right, North Carolina right, right. is is kind of in the middle Middle East. <laughs> no, not <Whoa>. that <laughs> I'm making it worse. Never mind. Watch it's out. on the East Coast. It's kind of in the South. So it Funny. was a, a it cruised around for a while, you know, doing its, its whatever, its training mission. Everything's normal. Around midnight, it's been up in the air all day long now. Around midnight, it hooks up with an air tanker for some aerial refueling. That sounds like plane sex. Well, if you've seen the Hooking videos up. of it that, looks it looks like, like plane, plane sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It really does. And the, but this is still, you know, standard operating procedure. That's what you did to a B-52. You hooked up, refueled, and it was ready to fly around for a lot of more hours. Now, when the tanker though, was hooking up its line, a crewman on the tanker plane, on the refueling plane, noticed that the B-52 was leaking fuel from its right wing tank. That's not good. Uh, probably not. In fact, this version of the B-52 was the first to have large... Uh, fuel tanks in its wings, which enabled it to fly around for a lot longer, but also made it a little bit less stable. Yeah. And in this case, that fuel started the leak. They informed the lead pilot. His name is Major Walter Tulloch. And uh, Major Tulloch immediately aborted the refueling mission, and he called it into ground control. Ground control says, oh, really? Okay, well, why don't you do this? 
fly around in a holding pattern until most of your fuel is gone and then come in and land. It's just safer that way if there's a leak, less likelihood of a fire, right? Yep, I, that's true. That's, I surmise it anyway. Yeah. So again, no worries. This happened all the, this well, not super uncommon. And if you're going to crash, they'd rather you not be full of fuel also, I believe. Very true. Good point. Emma? Yep. You look confused. I'm, Bored, uh, drifting away, <laughs> not listening. What have we been talking about for the last couple of minutes? Horses. <laughs> Planes. Gi- giraffes. Planes and I think trains and also I'm pretty sure automobiles. <laughs> so, so no worries, right? Major Tolik, he gets the plane up into position to do his holding pattern flight. Are they close to like a landing? They're not too far away from, okay, uh, yes. from they're still, I think they're over the over North Carolina. And wow. but he gets up to where he's supposed to be at 10,000 feet and he looks at that old fuel Momiter, what the fuck? Uh, gauge. Gauge. And um, he sees that that thing is hurtling toward E. Yeah, that's, I was about to ask that question. The leak I'm like, is, you can't always trust the fuel gauge. The mm. leak is way, no, it, it, the leak is much, much oh. worse than they thought. He estimates that they lost 37 pounds, 17,000 kilograms, of fuel in three minutes. Oh, wow. So just going up to the holding pattern height, they lost a, a way more fuel. So he calls that in, and ground control says, Come get in immediately. Get on down here. So they start descending. This sounds bad. But remember, they're at 10,000 feet, and they're using, uh, losing fuel, pouring out. So the, as they descend, almost immediately, the pilot lost control of the plane. Ha. They started to shake, started to shimmy. Oh. And again, remember the... the, the, um, the sh- all that jazz. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, he was probably singing you're going to see your Sheba you know. shimmy shake and all that jazz. <laughs> Point at Jack, and he didn't deliver. No, so. he did not. Luckily, his I mother bailed him you, out. Mom. Thank you. God damn it. No, oh. I did that very consciously. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, point at me, do it. Oh, that jazz. <laughs> oh, God. See, I, I kind of jazzed it up there a little bit. No, you, you know what stretched it. I brought away it. Or Carol Channing did. A little bit, sure. A little. So at 9,000, uh, so the pilot, I'm sorry, the pilot says, oh, shit, we're losing control. And he says, everybody, get out of the plane. We're going to have to eject. At 9,000 feet, the crew starts ejecting. They have parachutes, so don't be too freaked out a little bit here. I would still I be assumed. freaked out. Yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> I would. Uh, 9,000 feet isn't a lot for parachuting. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. If, if you pull it right I, away, uh, be, People always talk about how you need a lot more. I know, but that's because they're free-falling the, for a long time. That's true. As Tom Petty would say. Free-falling. Are you just going <laughs> to sing songs when you're reminded of what we say that there yes. is a song? Okay, well. That's, well, yeah. let me just go on about all this jazz. And all that jazz. Okay, I fed you that one. <laughs> so five crewmen do eject, and they parachute to safety. One okay. other, a Lieutenant Adam Maddox, he was one of the three pilots. He escaped through, through the cockpit of the B-52 without an ejection, ejection seat. You know, those little, you, you pull the thing, and you, yeah. and you literally come out of your seat. Those yeah. are absolutely real, ah, yeah. yeah. He wasn't sitting in one, it. right? And, but he was able to get out of the cockpit uh, through the... the, the Window thingy there. I don't know words. And Hatch. he, um, so he, he was, did, wait, because he didn't have an ejection seat? He didn't seat? have, he was, yeah, he didn't have an ejection seat. Oh. He's the only person in the history of B-52s to be able to do that. Oh. To eject safely out of the cockpit without an ejection seat. Huh. And one other also bailed out, uh, but died on impact when he landed. Oh. Two, presumably, I believe the two other pilots, including Walter Tulloch, stayed in the plane. Okay. And died. So, the safely ejected crewmen are floating down nice and slowly on their parachutes, way up in the night sky. 
and they see the plane hurtling down toward North Carolina. And the plane they know is carrying two of their comrades. So they feel, you know, kind of bummed about that. But they also feel kind of bad about this situation because the plane is not just carrying two of their comrades. Oh, shit. The plane is carrying two four megaton <gasps> Mark 39 thermonuclear bombs. Oh, my yep. shit I do know about the... I don't. The Goldsboro incident is what it has come down. So there are two four megaton nuclear bombs in that plane as it is plunging to Earth in a free fall. That's in a, a lot twisting, of turning, gyrating free fall. It's, it's completely out of control now, right? At 1,000 to 2,000 feet or so, I, I'm sorry, even before that, it starts to break up. It starts the to come airplane. apart. The plane starts to come apart. Yeah. At about 1,000, 2,000 feet, it's completely breaking up. The two nuclear weapons, the two bombs, fall out of the plane. That's bad, right? Probably. That's mm, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Emma does not understand rhetorical questions. She's telling no, you know what? I've weighed the pros and cons. That is not a good thing. Really bad. I've some pluses and minuses. I did a SWOT analysis and I've decided it's not good. So, but it's, it's still, it's not a disaster. It takes a whole lot to start a nuclear fusion reaction, as Very you know. True. The, the, the nuclear bombs have this whole process to get to the point where they detonate. It's a machine. In the oh, it explosion. does? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I yeah. thought you just touched it and went poom, no. boom. It went poom. Like, a, <laughs> like a pinto bumper. No, it, uh, it, it does, you have to explode of conventional explosives yeah. and that starts yeah. the fission process, which then is in this chamber and it, it reflects on each other until it creates fusion, blah, well, blah, blah, all kinds oh. of shit. So, and this is, I mean, this is a hydrogen Did bomb. Did not know that. This is not the, the original atomic bomb over Hiroshima and Nagasaki was different. This is a, this is an H bomb. This is a very, these were very, very, very lethal weapons. So anyway, nu nuclear bombs had several steps to activate before they detonated. In this case, the Mark uh, 39 had four steps. One of the nukes that came out completed three steps toward detonation, including firing the capacitors, and crucially, it released a parachute, behind a 100-foot diameter parachute behind it to slow its descent. They had parachutes on, on nuclear bombs to give the plane that dropped them time to get away safely. So they'd eject uh, them. Yeah. The parachute would be, the, I believe, the second to last thing before detonation. And you, so it is now slowing prior to detonation. And they'd always detonate a little bit above the ground to right. maximize the kill ratio. And... The, the, the plane zooms away to safety, you hope. But here's the thing, that, that release of the parachute is a critical part of its arming sequence. It means that bomb was arming and was heading toward detonation. Luckily, though, that parachute that did release allowed the bomb to land fairly softly, butt down and straight up in the air on the ground with almost no damage at all. We'll, we'll have pictures, but it's it's just it just lands on its ass on its bottom, and it's it's pointed straight up in the air right beneath a tree. It's a yeah, it's, and that's a thermonuclear weapon, a four mega, four, more, four megaton weapon. So the military goes out and searches a two mile square area around the town of Faro, about twelve miles north of Goldsboro. That's nineteen kilometers, by the way. Faro. I know, F-A-R-O, ah. and they find it just sitting there under the tree. Again, we'll have some pictures for you. They call in an expert. His name is Lieutenant Jack Ravel, and he's a disarmer, <laughs> I guess. I don't know what you call him. He knows things. But he's, yeah, he's a bomb expert. A expert. 
can't think of a song named Bomb Expert, Emma? Is that oh, Cherry about? Bomb. I was just about to say that. That's the only song I can think of Bomb. Cherry Bomb. No. Musical Interlude by Emma. I just like musical theater. So, Jack Ravel was his name. Lieutenant Jack Ravel. He was called in. He would later... Jack Ravel. Jack Ravel. He would later state that the bomb had run the full sequence to detonate except for the last thing. That's the arm safe switch. That's it. Everything else had activated its sequence. If the switch had flipped to arm, it would have gone boom. Bam. It was still set to safe. Without that, a big chunk of North Carolina would have never been the same. This, that was bomb number one. Second wow. bomb, bomb number two, its parachute did not release. Oh, no. Which is a good thing. No, yeah. It, oh, it's a good oh, thing yes. because it's not on its way. That, it, that part of the arming sequence didn't initiate. Yeah. But it also meant it went... It's going to hit the ground hard. Plunging to the earth at 700 miles per hour. Yeah. This is heavy. That's 310 meters per second, people. Oh, my God. Which I don't, I don't know. It disintegrated well, on impact. I mean, it, it didn't blow up, but it, you know, smashed into smithereens on impact with the ground in, in kind of a muddy field, right? Fortunately, the conventional explosive that would have triggered the fusion reaction did not go off when it hit the ground, which it has safety procedures to, to not allow that to happen, right? Good. But it did break apart on impact, and much of it burrowed deep into the ground, right? Well, that's not good. It's radioactive. It's going 700 miles an hour. The tail, for instance, they found the tail 20 feet below the ground. Wow. Other pieces were found, some were Jeez. found close to the surface, but most of it was even deeper than the tail. Very, very deep. Because there was a lot of groundwater flooding in oh. the area, though, that uh -oh. the army was unable to retrieve much of that bomb. Yeah, she had a swamp. Yeah. In this, in this area, it was just kind of muddy and a lot of, and was, they couldn't dig because it just flooded, right? So... They one of the things that they were not able to retrieve was called the thermonuclear stage, and that includes uranium and plutonium, there and that's is. the area that where that fusion and fission fission to fusion reaction takes place. They did they were able though to find a thing called the pit, and that's crucial. You can't the, the bomb won't detonate without that, so they felt pretty good that they were effectively disarming this yeah. semi disintegrated weapon, but. They left the uh, stage core down there about, at about 180 feet deep. They just, they just couldn't get it because of the groundwater, oh, oh. the groundwater flooding issue. They couldn't get it. So what did the Army do? They bought a 400-foot oh circular gosh. easement over that portion, that part of the bomb, a, a legal easement. They now owned and had rights to that. What an easement is. They bought like a border around like the bomb. Piece like, of property? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They it's bought property, the property. Property ownership, it. property rights. Yeah. And they brought the easement, easement. to that to, to the to the 400-foot radius, I guess, around that that part of the bomb just to be safe. Not a bad idea. No, not a bad mm -hmm. idea, but kind of scary. Um, it's not Chernobyl big, though. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That second bomb, though, had been partially armed while on board. I guess they flew with them, starting the sequence, right? That sounds yeah. like a horrible plan. What, where were they taking them? What were they doing with they them? They were doing training exercises, but you do them fully armed and fully to, to just... No, remember, I, well, I, I was training and Bombs, or readiness. Though. No, remember, the idea I is that it, you're like... flying around with nuclear weapons, so if there's a Soviet first strike, we have 
planes in the air oh, with nukes that could, oh, okay. that could second strike. That. Right. Okay, it yeah, was the yeah. whole mutually assured destruction deal. Yes. So we have I planes in the air 24-7, so you might get our land-based missiles, but we'll have some in the air, some on submarines. You won't get us all. But like, how long does the detonation sequence take? I don't know. Because I feel well, like it's I'm probably pretty, almost like indefinite. Quick. Why? It, it, well, you I'm, can start like you mean step how long one. It's supposed to take then, is, is well, yeah, but quick. like yeah. the procedure of like when we're know. like planning to detonate is probably fairly quick. Oh, yeah, probably. Like I, I step think one is, yeah. to four is probably like less than think, a minute. Yeah, I would think so too. I don't know, but I would think so. Yeah, I'm Emma, not do like you know? You must know this. This is right up your alley. I'm not a nuclear physicist. I don't know. I'm surprised you didn't know. I know. Just huh. the one fact that's missing yep. from all this. Is there a song about a nuclear weapon? Any that you can think of? Uh, Interplanet <gasps> Janet. No. Uh, <laughs> what? Wasn't there a platinum? Who was saying platinum bomb song? I don't know. So that second bomb had been partially armed. Luckily, though, a high voltage switch did not close, and this stopped the bomb from fully arming. That's good. So a switch, literally a switch, mm-hmm. didn't close its its connection and arm the bomb. The Defense Department yeah. sent out people, remember they're searching, right? And they were actually found the switch to that second bomb, that's one of the pieces that they did find and recover. So Lieutenant Ravel, he was the disposal expert, he got a call from the sergeant who was with that crew that found the switch, and the sergeant told him, hey, say we found the switch. He says, Lieutenant, we found the armed safe switch. Great, Ravel said. Not great, said the sergeant. It was on arm. <gasps> if that uh, switch oh had connected, it would have blown up. Boom. So both of those bombs were just, just a hair away yeah. from exploding. Oof. They're both right. <laughs> As Jack right would that say. It didn't go off? Porque, what? Porque no los dos. I guess. You, that's, that's a little bit, little bit dark but to it, say that about nuclear weapons over in uh, North Carolina. Yeah, that's so why I didn't. At the time, the military, <laughs> of course, I, I guess it was revealed that this happened. <laughs> That's Jack. Rebell. I had to. Yeah. Uh, but the military said, no, 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 wait. They weren't even armed. There was ne- we have all these great safety procedures. Uh, there was never any remote possibility, let alone chance, let alone likelihood, that they would have exploded. They, they obviously just lied through the Oh, team. wow. A government so wait. lying. Uh-huh. What happened Shocker. to the two pilots left on the plane? Dead they died. fuck. Oh. They blew up. That? Oh. He didn't that. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that oh, was that's right. Obvious. It disintegrated. Disintegrated in the air. He, so, did, yeah. Wait, why did they eject though? Did I don't you know. Say that? I'm not sure. They, they didn't. Say I'm not, that. I don't know if they were not able to, or maybe they were trying to trying to control until yeah. the last minute. And then it starts crumbling under them, and it's too late. So, an so analysis, they would have said, "Bitch, bye, boom." You would be a terrible. Pilot. They were really heroic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I actually yes, would. they were. Yes, they were. An analysis in 1969 confirmed how close we came on that day. The author of that, anal- author of that analysis said, quote, one simple, simple, dynamo, <laughs> God damn it. I You're having a hard time. I'm, 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 I'm. <laughs> one simple dynamo technology low voltage switch stood between the United States and a major catastrophe. He said the Mark 39 Mod 2 bomb did not possess adequate safety for the airborne alert role in the B-52. You think, mm. guy? I mean, it was a... They they almost immediately modified the, those bombs to um, to almost immediately be more safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, did everybody know about this at the time? Uh, like you I said, people said people no. knew it happened. Because clearly, not was like, they lied. And and the army lied. Remember, the army said, "Oh, there's no chance. Everything was safe. Uh, no worries." People yeah, knew but that hard to cover up happened. a large plane uh, crashing into the ground in North Carolina. But they but so they knew the plane crashed and had bombs on yes. it, but yeah. they didn't yes. know. 
Okay. How mm-hmm. close they almost all could have died. How both how both bombs almost detonated and would have. Well, let me let's let's talk about what it would have done. Oh, because I'm asked my mom. You know, asked, oh, it was like a big deal at the time. Yeah, was it, oh. if was she it remembers it. Story. Like, was she in NC I don't know. At the time? Yeah, mm-hmm. ask her because I don't know how, how big of a national story it was. I imagine it was probably a pretty big story for a couple of days. If so. you're paying attention. Yeah, I don't know. I would think it's national news. Maybe not though. Uh, while some uh, some people have argued though that that it was the bombs weren't as close as has been said, but you know, close to damn nothing. I think most of the yeah. weight of evidence some these guys wrote a book in the nineties that basically argued, oh, it was bullshit. They weren't that close. They were. So if those four if those bombs f- those four megaton bombs had exploded. By the way, that's about 250 times the destructive power of the bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Whoa. Each. Each. 500 Oof. times those bombs in terms of destructive power. These are, uh, nuclear technology took these exponential leaps and bounds very quickly after yeah. the yeah. genie was, was let out. Yeah. Uh, there would have been a, a mile-wide fireball there would have been a 20 million degree heat blast, 20 million degrees Fahrenheit heat blast. That's hot. You didn't yeah. turn that into Celsius? I don't know how. Lays. I, I, I do know how, but I didn't know. The bombs <laughs> would have vaporized a two and a half mile radius. I mean, literally just vaporized anything. Bye. And they would have wiped out all life within about an eight and a half mile radius. It's about 13.7 kilometers. Oh. Others have argued that radius would have been 17 miles. Why? That's a huge discrepancy. How you um, double? How how many people were within that radius? Let me tell you, Carrie. Nice segue. Wait, hold on. Upwards of five. Hold on, I have one more (laughs) one more paragraph before I get to that. So, in in Goldsboro, over about seven miles away, metal would have been melted. All the buildings, the wooden buildings, everything would have just erupted into a firestorm, completely engulfed the whole the whole city. Anyone seeking shelter in their basements, which would have been they would have been literally baked alive. But instantly. Very quickly. Yeah. yeah. But I wonder how probably, delicious they would have been. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they would have. Oh, my pig. God. Mm-hmm. Tastes like pork, Emma. Yep. Don't, don't. Anyone 14 miles away would have still even sustained. Oh. Anyone 14. <laughs> miles away. <laughs> yeah. Pause. Miles away would have had third degree burns. Wow. That's 14 I'd rather, miles away. I'd rather be baked instantly. Than have third degree burns? Yes. And live? With third degree burns over my entire body. Who said over the entire body? Well, well, uh, probably. Uh, would you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna well, live. Jack thinks like, oh, just my finger. Yeah, they're <laughs> not gonna live either. They're just gonna die a long, excruciating death. Go into shock immediately. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> While you guys decide if you rather live or die with it from burn, let me go on and talk. I'd rather neither. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Por no dos. No. <laughs> the bombs would have spread radiation over a 15-mile radius. They would have killed over 28,000 people and injured 26,000 people. Thousands more would have suffered from the fallout. And that was then. And it's a pretty rural area. Uh-huh. Mm. And, and even then, it would have killed that many people. Now, you, you can roughly double those numbers if it was the same population base there now, which is still a fairly rural area. Yeah. Remember, remember Hiroshima and Nagasaki were very dense, congested cities. That's why they killed 100,000 right. or more people there in Hiroshima. Some people say 150,000, Nagasaki, 60-plus. So yeah. the military, though, was, has never been hugely forthcoming in these kinds of incidents, right? They never I are. I wonder why. Shockingly, Bitches. but the um, what's going on with my timer? Hold on. Okay, oh so <laughs> the uh, uh, they they have admitted the Defense Department has admitted to 32 accidents involving 
nuclear weapons. So, you know, there's probably more. 21 times nuclear bombs have been accidentally dropped, jettisoned for safety, or have been on board crashed airplanes. 21 times. Wow. So this, this is not by itself. It's just the only time it almost, we had two that very, came very, very close to detonating. These incidents have occurred all over the world, basically, in various uh, states in the United States, but also in Greenland, Spain, Morocco, England, over the Pacific Ocean, over the Atlantic Ocean, and over the Mediterranean Sea. Bitch, so imagine. We've lost our nukes all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> if we fucking had bombed Spain oh my in God. an accidente, we would have. <laughs> and we would have had to say it like that, too. <laughs> I don't accidente. Know what How would they have said it in Morocco, Jack? You don't know a Mor- accident in Arabic. So, Deal? yes, no. Fool. Is that how you say it? <laughs> no, okay. I said calling you a fool. <laughs> how about Greenland? What so, language do they speak there? And where? Greenland. Danish. No. And Inuit. How dare you? Well, it's, uh, there's some do. Talk about the indigenous. No, oh, I'm talking about the Danes. <laughs> the so, in Maybe. fact, just two months after Goldsboro, right, another B 52 depressurized in the air. Emit it with, with a bomb on board. The pilot had everyone else on the crew eject. He stayed in it alone, and he steered it toward away. Sorry, from populated <laughs> areas, right? He and he his plane. Kamikaze. Listen to this. He and his plane both crashed near Yuba City, California. <gasps> Marianne's About forty miles or so north of Sacramento. Yikes! The bomb did not arm, but still. Mmm, that was a close mm, one. Delicious. <laughs> what year was that? <laughs> that was uh, just two months after Goldsboro, so it's 1961 oh, okay. still. Oh, okay. That's okay. I was more Yeah, so it's okay if, if, you know, millions would have died. Well, not millions. millions, whoa. Thousands, tens of thousands. Yeah, a lot. So really? Th- Who was in Yuba City oh in 61? Oh, my God. <laughs> Carrie has just basically said Yuba City should be bombed. Yeah, I don't, that's I how don't, I'm interpreting what I'm you're saying. I'm not sure there was anybody there. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's a desolate ghost Seriously? town. Seriously? I don't know. Yes, Carrie. In 1961. Lord. She acts like it's pioneer days. I know. He didn't say 1743. Was the telegraph like, there yet? <laughs> I don't know. I'm fixing to find out. The gold rush with the fuse. So, uh, <laughs> by the way, that second disintegration bomb, right? The one that they buried. It had the 400-foot easement, right? Oh, yep. easement. It's still there to this day. The state of North Carolina put yeah, up a plaque, and it says, and it says, the, the title of that plaque is Nuclear Mishap. No. Oh, and then it has a short miss- little story of telling like it on this plaque. It's a nuclear whoopsie. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie doodles. Oh, so to this day, by the way, the state of North Carolina also tests for radioactive con- contamination every year. Hey, that's good. Well, yeah. Just in case. Because it's still yeah, fucking uranium there. Uranium plutonium is sitting there 180 feet below the ground. Do they get federal dollars for that? I don't Testing? I don't know, Carrie. Are you concerned about the budgetary? That's going to come out of their budget. Really, Mom? God, that's not fair. (laughs) You want to talk about their appropriation? Yes. Yes. Wow, you should write a new Star Wars episode. Um, What? That was a weird leap. It's a joke. That makes sense to some people. So, nerds. Mom. Now she's now she's bad mouth. First she wants to bomb Nuba City. Now she's bad mouthing all nerds. 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 nerds, nerds, nerds. Suck. I think they should all move to Nuba City and get bombed. That's what I say. I'm Carrie Willie. This is I believe. <laughs> what? I don't know why. I, I don't know why I turned into a vendor. There, she's from North Carolina now. Yeah, kind of. So that's it for Goldsboro that incident. Shit's wild as fuck. Almost blew up a big old chunk of North Carolina. I don't think we're much better now. 
Oh, well. I heard from Rachel Maddow. Oh. Big hole. <laughs> she called you yes. at brunch. She, called, she, she texted you. <laughs> About, I don't believe this. You know, where yeah. we've lost nuclear weapons oh, yeah. and. All of our listeners are stunned to find out you listen to Rachel Maddow, by the way. <laughs> but, oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. No way. Uh, I yeah. fall asleep quite often. Wow. And then I forget. Now, uh, I Rachel Maddow was just about to give us a shout out. No, or show but then I have anymore. to listen to it again. Uh, okay. So I oftentimes. Rachel tells me things twice. Does she? Okay. <laughs> She's talking about her daughter. So I know. <laughs> no, Rachel Maddow. Well, Rachel does also tell you things multiple times. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what do you think? I'm shook. Are you shook? No, it shakes my faith in our like military. You had oh, faith in our military before? Yeah, yeah, I was like, uh, was yeah, I do. Not? I trust them. I do, but I didn't think you what? did. What? Are you really for real? No, no, no to, I don't trust to defend no police, us. I don't oh. trust no military. I don't trust nobody. <laughs> what the, fuck? the sassy anti-military diatribe in there. I don't trust nobody. Uh-uh. No, fuck twelve. I don't. Fuck I don't twelve. Do the no. Fuck twelve. Like Listeners, imagine Jack was probably shaking his head side to side. Maybe. Yeah, no, I don't air. like the police. But I mean, I trust them. To, I do trust them to defend us, but I trust them to like commit awful atrocities along yeah, the way. Yeah, also bomb innocence in yeah. Syria. <sighs> So disappointed. Here we in go. In who? Our government? Well, know. yes. <laughs> I'm, just right playing the, I'm just playing the voice of reason thing here. What? I don't know. What? What? Our military ha- haven't done I don't think they, horrible I don't know. Of course they have Terrible, terrible, terrible things. But they, feel, they, but they feel bad about it later. <laughs> no, they don't. They Sometimes. don't give a book. Oh, no. Not yes, they Haskell. do. And also, we don't, care. Up. we don't care about our troops. When they come back, we don't care about them. She's not military. <laughs> she's CIA. We don't care about our veterans. Nice recovery from Jack there. <laughs> but they both speak English. Police. Case closed. How do you feel about the CIA being? Mm, not a huge fan. Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. yeah. The only CIA, CIA agent I like is Stan Smith. <laughs> <laughs> He's hearts in the right place. I kind of prefer Roger. All Roger's right. the best written character in all of TV history. I like Stan's Fuck boss. Who? Fuck Stan's Sopranos. boss. Oh, uh, yeah, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> For all of you, you won't know uh, Carrie's obsession with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> His uh, name in the show is Avery Bullock. Oh, okay. Wow. I watch a lot of American Yeah. So that was our episode about Goldsboro. Carrie, tell them where to find us. Um, weirdworld.com, Weird World Podcast on um, Instagram and Facebook, Weird World Pod on Twitter, and Weird World Podcast on Patreon, Dean. And our website, which you... First thing I said, Dean. Uh, was it? <laughs> Literally. We'll put some uh, pictures on our website of this Upright Bomb. Upright Bomb. It's That's a good cool. uh, band name. That's that a great a band, band name. Upright Bomb. Upright you know what would be good also? A hairdo. I'm like an Upright oh. Bomb prom, oh. please. <laughs> I thought you were talking about a good band name would be a hairdo. <laughs> oh, Upright Bomb. It would be like a prom updo, right? No. Why not? Shaped like a nuclear bomb? <laughs> did you just yeah. like a bomb on Prom your head? and bomb rhyme. I think you <laughs> did. No. Give me the prom bomb. Yes. Yeah, okay, the that's, prom a, that's, actually, bomb. that's actually better. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. Love you. Bitches. Love you. Weird. <laughs>